0: As a sales manager, you are judged by the performance of your team and you're praised when they do well. But one thing that you've not been able to figure out is how to get everyone on your team consistently hitting quota every single month. On the Snack Size Sales Podcast, we discuss the science of selling STEM. Sales leadership in the science, technology, engineering, and manufacturing fields is difficult. You will learn from sales managers just like you that will give you actionable insights and tips on how to develop as a leader and achieve your revenue targets every single month. So pop your headphones in and get ready to listen to my guest today. They will give you information and inspiration to ensure that you have actionable insights that you can put into place today. Hello, and welcome to the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast. Today, my guest is Justin Duplantis. How are you, Justin?
1: Hey, doing well. How are you?
0: I am awesome. Justin has over 15 years of full cycle project management experience with Fortune 100 companies. He is a talented recruiter, technical trainer, and he brings rapid and sustained growth to each company that he has worked at. He is a person after my own heart as an analytical chemist turned sales leader. Justin, how did you start your career and tell us how you got to where you are now?
1: Sure. So first of all, thanks for for having me here today. Yeah, so basically I started off in retail and uh, did retail sales and worked on my way up into corporate level management as I was going through college, graduated with my undergraduate degree in analytical chemistry from LSU and did not kind of pursue anything in that industry. So I was in a variety of different roles at different types of companies, everything from home services to working and still in retail and then the modeling and acting industry. So kind of dabbled in a lot of different industries but always the common thread was the, uh, the recruiting, training, development, and management, as well as sales. So I uh, just recently transitioned uh, last year into a role in the STEM industry. So kind of putting my undergraduate degree somewhat to work as the uh, director of business development for the bioinformatics CRO, where I'm the uh, director of business development there.
0: Mm. So how did you graduate from college and not use your degree at all? One of my brothers, one of my younger brothers, um, he has a classmate. He's a chemist also. (laughs) So he followed in my footsteps. When he graduated, he went to work for Waffle House. And now he's like a district VP or something like that, a Waffle House. And he never used his degree. So tell me, how did that transition go for you when you were like, I'm not doing anything in chemistry?
1: Yeah, I think essentially the I was lost, I guess, in college. Didn't really know what to do. My, my parents, my mother's in the medical field, my father's a, a civil environmental engineer, and they were both kind of pushing me in either direction. I have went to some pre-med type camps. I looked at potentially doing law school, actually, um, toward the, the law school at LSU and just determined it was really I was just kind of lost and so being in management while going through college it was one of those things where i just stayed where i was and didn't transition out of the industry that i had already kind of started working in uh, never really wanted to work in a lab and there's not much you can do with the an analytical chemistry degree other than that so
0: <laughs> okay so tell me about your experience in on the retail sales world because a lot of times people on the podcast they're very stem focused or you know in the b2b area so tell me about that sales experience
1: yeah i think it's uh it's interesting because a lot of industries don't see retail as a legitimate form of any type of employment uh, more of as a, a temporary move from university to their career but i think for me moving up into management i did international store opening i did training development on a, on a national level technical training I was in a district-wide level where I was managing, you know, 15 to 20 locations. So there's a lot of moving parts. I think the key thing is there... I guess the big relation to biotech is it's a very fast-moving environment and you're always kind of having to think on your feet. Biotech is the same way where you may be kind of slow to pick up one day and then the next day it's like we have to hit the ground running really hard, which is aka Black Friday. So I think there's a lot more relation than people give it credit for between the biotech industry and retail industry as far as the way that it's structured.
0: So tell me, um, before we delve into your current position, What are some of the hardcore skills, whether they're soft skills or hard skills, that you were able to translate from the retail industry to the STEM industry?
1: Yeah, I think definitely the training development is something that's going to be pretty much crosses every plane, but more specifically, the client interface. So in biotech, a lot of times we have bioinformaticians that are coming from more of an academic background that don't have any type of interaction with customers at all. So there's no client interfacing whatsoever in their position to transition to a company like ours, where we are at the bioinformatics CRO, specifically client interfacing with our bioinformaticians that are dealing directly with the clients. So having that client interface training is very important. So I'm not the one going through and helping them with the scientific side and working AWS, but I am the one on the flip side saying, okay, this is the way that we properly communicate with clients, which is a, a direct relation to that business to consumer type customer service that we expect in, the, in a high-level retail environment as well.
0: You know, one thing that people always tend to forget when we're in this, the B2B sales environment is the fact that at the end of the day, yes, this is a business to business sale, but you're selling to a person. <laughs> so it is still a consumer. And each person within the organization has to really be thought of as an individual, right? It's not just like, oh, this is a big company I'm selling to let me think all about the company. You know, it's who is the person you're specifically calling on.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, coming from, I grew up in Louisiana and South Louisiana specifically, and the culture down there is very much a carefree lifestyle and we're going to BS with people. And I think that's one of the things that sets us apart at the bioinformatics CRO, the way that we kind of, or I handle the sales cycle is, the first half of the conversation has nothing to do with what the product is. It's 100% getting to know that person and um, joking around and having that relatability and finding that common ground. And then the other half is just, oh, and by the way, we have a product that we're supposed to be talking about. And I think that translates no matter if you're talking about shoes or you're talking about bioinformatics. It's the same type of, of interaction that uh res- people respond well to. Because as you mentioned, we're not selling to, you know, some man behind the screen. You're talking to an individual and that's that's who you're selling yourself to. And what we really pride ourselves in is making sure that the synergies are right between the company that we're dealing with in our company, that we are an extension of their organization, as opposed to this third party that's coming in for one or two projects, one-offs.
0: Mm, it's really good, you know, building that rapport and that relationship, especially in these technical fields. Sometimes we just focus so much on the science or the technical problem that we're trying to solve, our process or our tool, how that can actually, you know, we're so focused on us. And really at the end of the day, what is sales? It's all about the person on the other side of the table, right? So how can I help the person on the other side of the table? So how did you transition from, you know, so chemists to retail sales back into the bioinformatics world?
1: Yeah, it was pure luck. Essentially, I was working in the modeling and acting industry. I was the basically head, you can call it head of sales, but basically I was the director of admissions, but we're you know basically in sales. Uh, getting individuals to work for a modeling and acting organization, we, did, we were a school and academy in Louisiana area. And when COVID started kind of peeking its head out, I knew that I saw the writing on the wall that it was probably not going to be a stable organization to be a part of. So I transitioned my family to the Texas area where my wife resided and started kind of looking for work and thought it was going to be a really easy transition. And it just wasn't. I was having a really hard time. I was being told a lot that I was overqualified for certain roles that I was going out for or I didn't have the exact experience they were looking for. So I am not one that's very active on social media, but I posted my first thing ever on social media out of pure desperation and frustration and basically said, I'm tired of being told that I'm overqualified and had a little political cartoon that said, you know, I'm sorry, you're overqualified. Come back when you forget some things. And so posted that on social media and and uh, was just kind of like, hey, I'm frustrated. Someone that I know from the Triple Nine Society, which is a, a high IQ society that I'm a member of, it's kind of like Mensa, but a little bit, it's a more strict as far as the the application process. So like says 90th percentile, this is the 99.9th percentile. Um, one of my members of my cohort from TNS is the owner of the bioinformatics CRO. And he reached out and said, hey, let's have a conversation. We talked and I said, I do not think I'm the great fit for this. I don't know anything about bioinformatics. And he says, but you know sales and that's what we need. And you can learn the bioinformatics side of things. You know, you're a smart guy. You have a background in, you know, somewhat of a, it's not related, but you know, in a STEM field at least you'll be fine. And uh, he was the one that had the, I guess, the confidence in me when I definitely did not. But uh, our results have, have definitely shown that he, I guess he saw something I didn't see. And we, we've we made uh, some really great strides since uh, since coming on board. So.
0: so your boss, I hope he listens to this podcast. He's one of the most brilliant people <laughs> that I know in hiring salespeople, sales leaders, because that's what I, like, I say this all the time and people don't get it. You need somebody with strong sales skills. You need somebody with strong leadership capabilities. If your mm-hmm. product is as good as you say it is, you can teach them the technology. Sure. Simple, plain mm-hmm. and simple. And he really proved that that's exactly what he did with you. And another thing I say is don't hire industry insiders. He could have went and plucked, I call him your competitor's rejects. <laughs> so he could have went and plucked a competitor's reject, right? To Your position, but he didn't. He had an open mind and looked outside. And really, as you said, you guys have really been able within this last year to blossom to grow
1: absolutely. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing about that is I had about three or four months ago, I had somebody reach out to me. Well, I I reached out to them kind of hunting down leads as I often do through LinkedIn and reached out to this person. He said, Look, we don't have any needs, and I said, Okay, well, I'll follow up with you intermittently to see if the needs have changed and so a couple months later I reached out to him again and he said um you know I don't need anything and then quickly afterwards he responded actually you know I actually I do have a need can we let's have a conversation so okay great we jumped on the call a few days later and he said um he's like so tell me a little bit about you guys so I started kind of going over my my normal kind of conversation I I don't really like to call it a pitch because it's different every time I do it and it's just more of just like kind of chatting and this is what we do and about halfway through he said hey I, I don't need to hear anymore And it was very abrupt. And it took me a little bit by surprise. And he said, uh, I'll be honest with you, the only reason I got you on this call today was because I'm interested in in talking to you about coming on board with us in a business development role. And I said, oh, well, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. Could you send me, though, the job description as well as, you know, salary kind of range so that I can address it with maybe some contacts that I have. So he sent it over. And one of the things that was in that job description was five years of industry experience. And so I addressed that with him. I said, you know, I just want to point out the fact that you're trying to recruit me, but I'm not even a qualified for the position you're trying to recruit me for. And he said, What do you mean? You're highly qualified. And I said, I am absolutely not. I said, I've been in this role for, you know, a little less than a year in this industry. I have I don't have the qualifications that you would even look at me. And he said, Well, I want to let you know that you've changed my mind on that quite a bit. And I so I agree with you. I think I think that's huge. You know, to be able to think outside the box, you're going to find much better candidates than the ones that have been doing the same thing over and over again, because they're going to bring those preconceived notions on how things are done. And that may not be the way that your company wants them done at, you know, at that time. So there's a lot of advantages to pulling someone from outside the industry, for sure.
0: Absolutely. It gives you that difference of opinion. It gives you the diversity of perspective, diversity of thought. And really what you'll find is when you build your sales team with, yeah, okay, maybe you have some people who are within the industry or who have come from your competitors, as well as the outside perspective, that's what really builds a strong sales team. And that's how companies really achieve that double-digit, triple-digit growth because you have so many different opinions. Like, okay, in retail, we did it like this. Okay, mm-hmm. in my last bioinformatic company, we did it like this. In polymers, we do it like this, right? All of that put together is really what builds these organizations and makes them strong.
1: Absolutely. yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that, that we've kind of implemented is that more that human touch that I had I kind of mentioned earlier. We provide all of our clients with basically like a little biography of the bioinformatics they're going to be working with, but not in a traditional sense. We're not going to send you their CV. We're sending you a photo of them. It tells you about their hobbies, has little pictures. It's much more of a, this is a human being that you're going to be working with. And then on the sales side of things, you know, I think one of the things, again, that we, we emphasize is that we want to be an extension of your organization. We don't just want to be a contractor that you're using for a one-off project. It needs to be something where it's a much more telling than it is a customer interface. When we're interacting with these potential clients, one of the things the company was doing in the past was trying to basically ascertain a client here, a client there, a client here, a client there. But what we have changed in that mentality, and it's coming from all the diverse backgrounds I've had, is I would rather make a relationship with a company that has similar to, similar clients and build that network so that I have other companies headhunting for me for clients as well. So if I have this company that's related, let's say, and we just made a relationship with a um, Exceder, which is a um, equipment leasing company. Well, when you go to lease the equipment, you're going to have to be producing a lot of data and that data needs to be analyzed. Uh, analyzed, And that's where we come in. And so having that relationship with this company, they're able to pitch our company to their clients. And I think making those uh, B2B relationships, not just thinking on a client perspective, I think has been big for us as well.
0: Yeah, really that global perspective. I was actually just telling somebody they were doing a whole thing Showing people how to use LinkedIn, I said, well, you know, one of the greatest benefits that I've had on LinkedIn is not just the direct um, interaction with prospects and clients and employees. It's actually, I'm building these great relationships with referral partners. And uh, they're, you know, you talk to somebody, you get on a call and they're like, wow, you should meet this person or you should meet that person. And then it's like, you have this whole ecosystem, these arms that you touch people That are so far outside of your realm that you wouldn't have been able to do if you were just so focused on i have to get business i have to hire employees
1: and it becomes more of a warm lead as opposed to a cold lead at that point too
0: exactly exactly so tell me about your your greatest success something that you're really proud of
1: yeah so i think this is a combination of a personal note as well as a professional i think the past month has been a very challenging month So I'm currently in grad school, I'm ascertaining my MBA right now, and working full time. And so that obviously is a big... Strain, and then last month on the 15th, my five-year-old son was diagnosed with medulloblastoma, uh, brain cancer. So we have kind of uprooted our family from the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area to now living in Memphis, where he's uh, going to St. Jude's for uh, his uh, his treatment. So we've kind of displaced our family and have been able to still kind of manage all of the different aspects. I think being able to juggle. Having a family and working full-time and going to school full-time and having a child with, uh, you know, obviously a, a very serious um, illness in brain cancer, I think, has been, has definitely been a, a challenge, but we have, as a family, stepped up to the challenge. And I think, you know, you're only as sh- strong as you believe you are. And uh, it's amazing to see, I guess, all these other families that are here as well that are, are not able to do kind of the working from home and everything like that. So we're, we're very blessed, but it's been a challenge, but I'm happy to say that we're, we're making it through it. So
0: I love that. And, you know, one thing I ask this question all the time when I wrap up the podcast and sometimes people, you know, they're proud of a project or a team member or somebody who they've mentored and, you know, you really took it to that. I'm a human being and life has been challenging and I'm proud, proud of myself for overcoming it. And one thing that I always tell sales leaders is at the beginning of every year, at the beginning of every quarter, you have to sit down with your team and make, have them make a personal goal, right? And that personal goal, that's why we're working so hard. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing. You know, is it that I need to get treatment for a child? Is it that I need to buy a car? I want to retire my parents early. Like Whatever that goal is, that's what they're working for. Yes, they're working for your company. Yes, they're working because they want to make commission. But at the end of the day, why are they working so hard? It's to achieve that goal. And so again, hats off to you for everything that you've been experiencing this past month. Because I can only imagine just the gravity of having a child that's being treated at St. Jude's and being in grad school and working full time. I mean, just all three of those. Each one of those things is a lot. But put Mm -hmm. them all together. I definitely think that you're, you're doing a great job and hats off to you as a husband and as a father.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And so if people want to get in contact with you to chat with you more, learn more about the products that you guys sell, what is the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, so we actually have a podcast as well. So our podcast is the Bioinformatics CRO Podcast, very original name. It's industry related, so generally talking about two therapeutic companies that are uh, in the industry. Uh, We also have a website, of course, bioinformaticscro.com. And then my email address is justin at bioinformaticscro.com as well. And of course you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easily found. My name's not all that that normal. We have, I think there's one or two other uh, Justin Duplantis's, but there's not very many.
0: Awesome. And all of that contact information will be in the show notes. So please check out. I love other podcast hosts because they get what it's like be on the other side of the mic. Um, so please check out the podcast, connect with Justin on LinkedIn. And thank you so much, Justin, for sharing your story, your journey. And I really, you know, the biggest takeaway that I got, and that's going to stick with me is really your biggest accomplishment. And that's what I really enjoy the most about this conversation. Yes, we're all salespeople, we're sales leaders, but we're also human beings. And as human beings, we have challenges that we have to overcome. So thank you. Thank you. And that is another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Remember, what we do here is we talk about the science of selling STEM. So in everything that you do, make sure you transform your sales. See you next time.
1: Thank you for joining us today on the Snack Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.